0: Well, hi there, folks. Welcome to the program. This, of course, is Stinchfield, the podcast. Got a big show ahead of us. Um, Why is America helping China spy on us of all countries? Literally, America helping China spy on us. Not a good thing. So with that, we're going to talk to the new federal state of China today. Let's get the party started. All uncensored and unapologetic. This is Stinchfield. Here's your host. Grant Stenchfield. All right, Nicole Tsai from the new federal state of China. Um, it is true that America is literally helping China spy on us, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. The CCP's uh, 5G network and all the most advanced smartphones have all been powered by the American technology. And uh, this morning, I just saw that the CCP's uh, propaganda and all the Chinese uh, website, they're promoting an interesting image. They have <laughs> basically named Gina Raimondo, Secretary of our Commerce Department, as the brand ambassador for Huawei, because while she was visiting Shanghai and Beijing last week, um, the CCP launched the Huawei's... Latest version of the smartphone, it's called the Huawei Mate uh, 60 Plus Pro, which used a chip that is likely to be provided by the U.S. technology. So, look at this image. You know, this is, like, hilarious, but it's very (laughs) sad.
0: You know, it's not the only image, too. There's this one as well. So, I mean, they're having a field day on social media in China uh, with with Gina Romano, of course, who is the Secretary of of Commerce, that is – that is now the brand ambassador for Huawei. Now, we laugh about it, but Nicole, it is serious because if Huawei was using uh technology and chips from America, and it's likely that they were in this brand new this brand new phone that's getting so much publicity, that would be breaking some certain rules. I mean, Huawei was blacklisted, but yet they're still paying billions, we're making exceptions. Can you explain? how a company like Huawei and this other company is at SMIC that is blacklisted by America, but yet still manages to get American technology and goods?
1: Well, absolutely. You know, when Trump was in the White House, he's the one who placed Huawei and ZTE and uh, um, the uh, Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corporation, SMIC, on a trade blacklist. And so Trump started this he already foresee that the Huawei's technology is going to threat America's national security. And so that was one of the many tough decisions that he made against the CCP. But you know what, after he left the White House, uh, under the Biden a- administration, uh, Huawei hired a top Democratic um, lobbyist. His name is Tony Badasta. He, he, he has a brother, uh, John Podesta, who is working in Biden's administration as a senior advisor on clean energy. And John Podesta is also, uh, you know, he's a very prominent uh, Democrat. He served as a chief of staff during uh, Obama or Clinton uh, administration. So Huawei paid Tony Podesta just in one quarter in 2019, $1 million. And so because of this lobbying effort, uh, Tony Badasta was able to help uh, Huawei to make a uh, settlement with the DOJ under Biden administration. So under the Biden administration, uh, the DOJ dismissed uh, all the charges that they uh, uh, you know, placed against Huawei's chief financial officer, uh, Meng Wanzhou, or Kathy Moon. She's coined as the princess of Huawei and so she did not serve a single day in prison she did not pay a fine she did not plead guilty and she was let go because the DOJ dismissed all the charges against her including the you know bank fraud and uh, you know business fraud and uh, violation of the America's sanction against the Iranian business I mean she was just literally walking free
0: so We are very concerned about Huawei, what their involvement is in the United States in so many areas of technology. One of the biggest is probably 5G, right? And so there's been a lot of concerns about 5G, what that means for our privacy and our security here as that's expanded across America. Certainly there are some benefits to 5G. There are some downfalls as well. Explain to me Huawei's role, because as I understand it, they were basically the backbone of the 5G network in America. Then we've had to try to back away from Huawei in America's 5G network. Where does all that stand today?
1: Well, remember, Huawei is not a private company and they're not competing with American companies up on the plain leveling field. They're, sub- they're subsidized by the CCP government, like many state-owned enterprises that CCP, you know, companies, you know, are operating from around the world. And that's why they're using the government power and government subsidy to get a upper hand. So they're not competing on the leveling field. And they also steal the U.S. technology. They got the most advanced technology from American suppliers. And um, so that's why they're able to save Hundreds of millions of dollars in innovation, uh, research—they just got a you know shortcut, and with the government subsidy, they can quickly expand their network worldwide. And for example, in Europe and in many parts of the you know other parts of the world, that the CCP has a great influence. They're ex- they're expanding and a most one of the most notable expansion projects that the CCP conducted is the Roden Belt initiative and so that's why they are able to strike deal with the local government from around the world and they make the government to purchase Huawei uh, and use Huawei as part of their infrastructure so America cannot compete like that yeah because we're private companies and we're not subsidized by the government and we're not stealing other people's technology. So this is the reason why the CCP now, they're claiming technology uh, technological independence from America. They says, I don't even care whether you are going to decouple from us or not. We, got, we already got what we want and we can claim technological independence from you guys.
0: All right, so... Do you think they can? Because clearly if, if uh, Huawei is using American technology in this, in this smartphone that they've got out now, this new phone, um, clearly they must have needed it.
1: Well, I, I don't think that they will get ahead uh, without the support from America's technology, because we do have some very important watchdog uh, against the, the CCP's technological you know, theft. Uh, Mike Gallagher, the chairperson of the Select House Committee on CCP, I mean, they already pressed the Commerce Department to investigate into the chips that is is being used in the Huawei's new smartphone to verify whether this is provided by the American technology, whether this is in violation of the trade blacklist. And so this is the reason why that we, the people, and we need to urge our congressmen and senators to you know, to be a watchdog against any potential violation, because if we don't speak up, nobody will. And yeah. you know, this you know, government bureaucratic are slow walking. They're, it may take years and, and decades for them to address a problem. So this is the reason why I applaud, you know, you know, Stinchfield Army and many important platform owned by the Patriot to speak out loudly.
0: Yeah, it's important we do. Um, you mentioned Congress. Uh, Congressman Mike Gallagher uh, has come out, and, and he's been very instrumental in that, uh, that committee that's investigating um, the Chinese Communist Party and their role here in the United States. Uh, he's basically come out and says, we, we have to uh, end all exports of our technology to these companies, Huawei and SMIC. I would take it you would agree with him on that.
1: Absolutely, I'm in total agreement with him, and this is the reason why that I uh, I was surprised that when Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo, when she was visiting uh, China, she was telling the the CCP government that uh, U.S. is not going to sell the most advanced uh, semiconductor chips or technology, but they will sell other technology. Yeah. So. She believes it's a good trade. She says, oh, we do not want to uh, take down the Chinese economy. We do not want to hold you back. If you want the U.S. technology, we're going to sell it to you. And so she's being, you know, soft. And so I would 100% agree with Mike Gallagher that we need a complete cutoff.
0: Yeah, Uh, we sure do. And this is the one step into totally breaking the CCP by cutting off this financial reliance on us and and in many cases a technical technological reliance on us as well even though we have such a reliance on them too which that's the other side of the story Nicole, america needs to find a way to decouple not just from the monetary side but from the technological side on our end we need to be we need to be uh sovereign when it comes to the chips and all the other things
1: Absolutely. You know, oftentimes I hear people in this country talking about, oh, um, that America is, uh, our economy is dependent on the supply chain in China. We need the China market, you know, for example, the made in China product are, are, you know, are not expensive. But oftentimes people forget about China is also very dependent on the U.S. China is the biggest Buyer of the high-quality U.S. agricultural product, they love uh, the you know the corn and beef and tree nuts and pork. China is the world's biggest consumer market for pork, and so they don't have their they don't have enough pork for internal for domestic consumption. So they buy a ton of stuff, especially the U.S. agricultural stuff, yeah. and sometimes they don't have other alternatives. So we do have leverage against China when we you know, talk about trade or negotiation. And this is the reason why we need a savvy business person, a real capitalist to deal with the CCP. You know, because oftentimes I hear their are lawyers and people who never worked in the private sector to run a country, and, but CCP is a very commercial minded. And so I, I, I think you know, Trump's policy really work well, I mean Trump's language also work and uh, so Trump knows how to deal with them from the business standpoint in my point of view.
0: When you look at Joe Biden he's never really run a business other than in my opinion the Biden crime family that's a huge business but a legitimate business. I mean he's been in government for decades upon decades upon decades. President Trump was clearly a businessman. He's a billionaire, he's built companies, been very successful, he's navigated tough times, he's navigated successful times xi jinping the leader of china and the chinese communist party i have to believe that guy's a businessman because the ccp has their mitts in everything there it's not just government they're also running these businesses he is a shrewd businessman is he not nicole
1: well i think when it comes to uh you know stealing and uh you know trying to gain unfair advantage he's a very shrewd businessman and this is you know, CCP has been doing over the last several decades. I mean, we have a trade agreement with the CCP and we do have rules and protocols, but they're in constant violation Mm -hmm. and U.S. is not holding them accountable because we fear losing this trading partner. But don't forget, China needs us more than we need them. And sometimes when, you know, but Trump is a very smart businessman. He understands that China needs U.S. They need our technology. They need our our agricultural product. And so I think that this administration needs to um, actually, you know, leverage all the advantages that we have over China.
0: Uh, I'm not sure we're going to see that happening anytime soon. And and how I know that China thinks it has more control over the United States than it did when President Trump was in office is because of the story. I, I saw you and I talked about this on the Real America's Voice show Um, This idea that there were uh, Chinese nationals going into, posing as tourists, military bases all across the country. What are they doing? How does this happen here in the United States?
1: Well, this is called the unrestricted warfare. (laughs) I mean, when you have an open border, when you have a visa policy that does not vet people's background, especially from countries of our uh, our, of. On the uh, adversary side then people would take advantage of this loophole and think you know china does have a border north korea does have a border Putin, russia has a border why this country does yeah. not have a border I would it bet, really really puzzles me
0: i would bet that if this happened under president trump's watch he would have been out in front of cameras sending warnings to xi jinping that if this ever happens again there's going to be all kinds of penalties to pay We didn't see this story anywhere. We saw it on Real America's Voice. You saw it in a couple conservative outlets, but you didn't see this story anywhere because the Biden administration wants to hide it. And uh, I think they hide it to enable the CCP, quite frankly.
1: Well, I think silence is a tacit to condolence. I mean, really, if you don't do anything to stop them, you're giving them a green light, says it's okay to do that. And this is why the CCP has been acting very aggressively in this country. And because we never hold them accountable for the over 1 million American people's life being lost to the CCP uh, p- pandemic, the COVID-19, we did not hold the CCP accountable for the you know uh, for the um, uh, for the people who died of the uh, fentanyl crisis mm-hmm. again CCP mm-hmm. is you know a criminal behind this uh, fentanyl pandemic and when you don't do anything to stop them they're taking it as, as a signal that you're inviting me to do more yeah. and so this is the reason why that our policy has been too soft to the point of that we we are encouraging the CCP's aggression and unrestricted warfare against us. And don't forget, before Gina uh, Romanto visited China, her email was hacked by the CCP and State Department, Commerce Department, more than 25 U.S. federal government agencies' email system and uh, intel has been hacked by the CCP. So, what's the point of Gina Ramonto saying, hey, I have opened a line of communication? Well, the CCP does not need an open line of communication. They just hack your email system. They don't need to talk to you.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the truth? They've got everything they need because they're reading their emails. Uh, but this is, this, is how, uh, this is how they operate, which is what's so frightening from our end as, as the people here watching what China's doing to us and, and nothing to push back. Um, you mentioned the, uh, the COVID 19 virus. Uh, that originated in China, I believe it was at the very least allowed to spread across the globe on purpose by Xi Jinping and the the Chinese Communist Party. Um, The vaccines come out. Well, the Chinese uh, made vaccines uh, as well. Um, Miles Gual, the founder of the new federal state of China, had some very interesting things to say about these vaccines that Xi Jinping is not allowing his military to be vaccinated. Uh, Many of our enemies are not allowing their militaries to be vaccinated. They look at this as any military that is vaccinated with this will be weakened in the end. I'm going to play a clip from Miles while talking about this. And uh, and maybe we'll stop
2: at the middle. We'll we'll talk about it. And we'll come back to it. Here we go, Nicole. The CCP was actively offering their covid vaccines to North Korea, Cuba, Iran and Pakistan. These vaccines are intended for military use. Kim Jong Un ordered that absolutely no one should receive these vaccines. But South Korea swiftly vaccinated 94% to 95% of its military, which brought great joy to Kim Jong Un. I heard that he was laughing very hard and exclaimed, great news, great news, when he found out about this. Kim Jong Un is a shrewd person, he believes that South Korea vaccinating its military is favorable to his interests. He asked his subordinates about when the US military would get vaccinated, as he saw this as a potential advantage in avoiding conflict with the US. However, why is the CCP offering these vaccines? They definitely have an ulterior motive. If a country agrees to use these vaccines for its troops, at least half of the military will lose their combat capability. The country's combat effectiveness will essentially be destroyed. There are around 27 or even nearly 30 countries that took the CCP's Covid vaccines, including some countries that just accepted the offer. This represents a market that CCP wants, along with voting power within the United Nations. Also, these. All right, so we'll come back to the
0: rest of this video here in a minute, but let's talk about this. So he believes the vaccines pose a danger. My buddy, Dr. Peter McCullough, I've got others, Dr. Jeff Barkey, uh, Dr. Gold, all of these doctors out on the forefront of calling into first question the vaccines, then looking at the research that shows they really do pose a great risk to, to us. Thankfully, I'm not vaccinated. Um, what do you make of this? Is They... they Miles clearly believes, and I guess Xi Jinping clearly believes, that any military vaccinated with this vaccine is going to be weaker than before. We know the United States military was mandated to be vaccinated.
1: Well, according to Miles, none of the CCP's top uh, government and military leaders had been vaccinated. And so they use the vaccine mandate as a, uh, as a means or, or, or way to control the Chinese people. It's not to protect your public health. This is a way of control, and, and this is a, so characteristic of a dictatorship. So they know that the vaccine is not the COVID vaccine in particular. I'm not talking about all other vaccines uh, in general. That Mao said that the COVID vaccine is a total sham, and it's it, it's meant to you know destroy economy and control people's mind. And so that's why he said, according to that uh, a video, it's a public um, live streaming. He, he said Kim Jong Un and uh, even in another time, he said Russia, Putin does not want his military people to be jabbed. And so, I mean, I, you know, that's why it saddens me to see that in this country, our military has been forced, either being forced to be jabbed, or leave their job and lose their pension, lose their opportunity to serve the country. I, I hear so many stories about our veterans and you know people who are forced to leave their job because they do not want to take the jab. Yeah. And um, so we know that uh, you know like none of us here at NFSC, we had been jabbed because we don't believe in COVID vaccine mandate.
0: Well, I will tell you, I've got a, a friend, coworker, who works on The Morning Answer, which is my radio program in Los Angeles, uh, AM 870, Pacific Time at 6 to 9, Eastern Time 9 to 12. You can find it anywhere. Just type in AM 870. I'll give it a plug. Uh, But we have a, a young man who works there. He works the phones for us. His name is Radar. That's why I've nicknamed him Radar. He was in the United States Army. He refused to get vaccinated and got kicked out of the United States Army. This is a bright young man with a bright future. And I think the military is missing uh, one of its best fighters because they kicked him out. But there were so many people like this. So, Nicole, how did America not get the message? If Xi Jinping gets the message, Kim Jong-un gets the message of North Korea and Vladimir Putin gets the message of Russia, I just named probably our three top enemies. How does the United States not get the message or at the very least not even see it?
1: Well, this is the question I've been asking my, myself over and over again. Why this country is behaving like the country that I flat, the woke culture, the uh, LGDB, you know, a lot of the things that, um, that are being promoted in this country to me is un-America and is making America weak. <laughs> and, uh, and even in communist China or North Korea or Russia, You know, they don't do that. I mean, the far left radicals are really pushing this country to a very dangerous zone. I'm afraid to say that
0: Uh, they really are. I I was saying they use everything seems to be as a political football. It's got nothing to do with safety and security anymore. There's a story out in California. uh, A judge ruled against a school board decision to make sure that the school tell their parents if the kids want to have a sex change operation or change their identity, they rule the, the teachers have to tell the parents. A judge rules against that. It flies in the face of common sense. When you look at these masks, all the studies say the masks do not work. And yet they mandate the mask. It flies in the face of common sense, but it's a political symbol for them to wear the mask, just as LGBTQ has become a political symbol for them to support it. It's got nothing to do with with supporting those people or thinking the mass is going to help you. It's just all about politics and identifying themselves on the other side. Um, Let me continue uh, Miles Gua's comments about the vaccine.
2: Countries could serve as base camps for the new communist bloc to export communism to the whole world. This is all driven by political motives aimed at weakening other nations and causing their downfall. In the case of South Korea, once 94% to 95% of its population is vaccinated, both CCP and North Korea are extremely pleased. Have you heard about Putin's recent speech? He said that there shouldn't be a vaccine mandate. Among all the world's presidents, Putin stands out for his firm stance on this matter. He said it firmly but carefully that people should not be forced to get vaccinated, it should be their choice. How many do you think within the Russian military will get the jabs? I'm telling you, if Russia claims that 100% of its troops have been vaccinated, you should know the opposite of their claim is a fact. In Iran, none of the key military units is vaccinated, and Pakistan has made it clear that its strategically important military units will not be vaccinated either. Out of those five evil regimes, four of them have refused to vaccinate their military, while watching their rivalries foolishly vaccinate their own armed forces. All right, so there you have it for Miles, who's been
0: right on just about everything. Every time I played something from him, it has turned out to be true. He mentioned something, too. This is almost off the topic, Nicole, but I'd like to get your opinion. So he mentioned Pakistan in in that group of, quote, evil regimes. I didn't always look at Pakistan as an evil regime, but it's moving in that direction clearly. What is happening with Pakistan and maybe even India and it moving closer to China? Does the United States have to be concerned about this?
1: Well, the U.S. has been quite weak in the Indo-Pacific uh, from the geopolitical standpoint. And I, I, I think that the CCP is taking advantage of this loophole and they're trying to expand their influence and they're trying to build new world orders and uh, including that BRICS, you know, it's called the, the new global south of the, all the emerging country. And, but unfortunately, uh, India is not in full alignment with the CCP. We know Modi is not 100% behind Xi Jinping, and uh, they have some disputes uh, at their border. And also, the, uh, you know, the, uh, when CCP was dumping the US Treasury bill, India is buying that. So I think that sends a very strong message that US should increase the geopolitical influence and building friendship or uh, alliance with the countries uh, neighboring china and that is india pakistan because they do have some china do have does have some historical disputes with pakistan mm-hmm. and india at the border so i think it's time for us to reshape the order in the indo-pacific uh, area especially in taiwan the taiwan strait and I'm very glad that Biden has approved the military um, aid for Taiwan again, and treating them at, uh, mm-hmm. under a program exclusively used for the sovereign nation. I think that sends a very strong message. But America needs to do more. America needs to do, um alliances with India, Pakistan, and other na- uh, neighboring countries in South Asia.
0: Well, one of the things that I believe would fix all this is if the United States would become energy independent again like it was under President Trump. We just saw OPEC cutting oil production to raise the price of oil. One reason they're doing this is their alignment with Russia. The price of oil goes up. It gives Vladimir Putin more money, and he needs money to keep moving in on Ukraine as he's doing and expand around the globe. But who's propping up Russia? China is propping up Russia. If we were energy independent and they would be dependent on us. Heck, we could ship liquefied natural gas to China, get them buying our liquefied natural gas, put them dependent on us for energy. That would give us even greater controls, Nicole. But this administration, again, it's war on fossil fuels, ends up being a war on on the American people, which then turns into a giant war on humanity across the globe, and it gives our our enemies uh, the ability to have the power that they do against us and around the globe. I'll give you the last word, Nicole.
1: Absolutely, we need to drill the baby drills (laughs) and we need to break the alliance between Russia and China because they do form the most uh, important threat to America. So uh, I think that this administration have a lot to do. And definitely, I hope that, uh, you know, we will have a a businessman-like leader sitting in the White House to deal with the CCP and Russia.
0: Yeah, Uh, I hope so, too. And my pick, of course, is President Trump, who's still soaring in the polls as Joe Biden continues to collapse. Folks, it's uh, his approval rating is way down. Uh, Ron DeSantis has been collapsing as well. I just saw another recent poll had Nikki Haley tied with Ron DeSantis in New Hampshire, of all places. Christie at 8 percent New Hampshire. So this just tells you that uh, President Trump has a stranglehold right now on the Republican primary. I wish people would just get out of the way and let the man do his thing. Uh, Nicole, it is so great to have you on the program. The new federal state of China is doing such great things. I'm so glad that Stinchfield's Army, all of you out there watching, uh, is partnering up with the new federal state of China to push the word of freedom uh, around America and around the globe. Uh, Nicole, thank you. NFSC Speaks, social media, um, and the website again, give it to me.
1: And FSEofficial.com. And thank you, Grant. And thanks to all of you, your wonderful viewers from the Stinchfield Army. We love you guys.
0: Well, you know I, I love them too, and I, I love you guys, Nicole. Thank you for coming on. And, folks, as she mentioned, uh, Stinchfield's Army. Don't forget the website. You can sign up for the email list to keep abreast of everything we got going on. Grantstinchfield.com. Grantstinchfield.com. And as I always say, Stinchfield's Army rolls. Thanks to all of you.